Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is Episode 7. Our recap will be given by John Byron. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. John? Thank you, Tom. Well, on our last episode, we had a slight issue in the back seat of my car. We got that all taken care of before going back out and picking up a second watcher. Uh, he claimed his name was Leroy. We asked him questions, interrogated him until we had yet another explosion in the back of my car. Uh, took that back, got it all cleaned up again. Uh, really didn't get any information out of Leroy other than, uh, other than he just works for a guy that he's more afraid of than death. So we took, we went back, got ourselves cleaned up, had a drink, cleared our minds and decided it was time we went and talked to a Mr. Peter Simpkins one more time, the squirrely recluse there in his house. Uh, once again, he didn't want to open the door, but this time we weren't taking no for an answer. So Cyrus gained entry through a back window, second floor, very athletic. Jumped in there. We were able to get, get a hold of Peter. Got him calmed down enough because he was absolutely freaking out. Got him calmed down, sat him down on the couch, and we are ready to talk to him and uh, see if we can't get some answers. All right. So, even though you have restrained him, uh, Peter Simkin, uh, he shakes constantly, and he's wide-eyed, and he's afraid, um, but it takes you a while before you can sort of calm him down. And he just seems to be rambling uh, it's almost incoherent, uh, but some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth makes no sense to you whatsoever. Um, I mean, he's talking about uh, the last time he had uh, spaghetti, and he's talking about, he's, he's like, you, you come to the conclusion that he's come to this point that he's been so paranoid about stuff up until now that your your people that he can actually talk to and he doesn't know what to say. He just keeps rambling on and on. So, but after about an hour of that, he's calming down. And uh, what do you guys want to do? Um, refresh my memory. Did we find any... Sorry about that. Now refresh my memory. Did we find anything yet in his house, or we? I just got entry, and everybody else came in, and we calmed him down. We didn't well, look around. Um, we can say that during that, obviously, it doesn't take all of you to calm him down. So, while you're calming him down, you're looking around. Okay. Uh, go ahead and do a spot hidden for me. Okay. 
Should we all do? Um, well, let's see. Who is talking to him? Obviously, somebody was holding him down. and I'll talk to him or be there in one way or the other. Okay. And we could switch off and take turns, too. Well, I'm just yeah, saying just... this. We'll just skip that first hour of nonsense. Right. Um, so I, I let's, him let's, say, let's say two of you were looking around the apartment. I got a 39, a regular success only. Okay. I'm um, totally oblivious. <laughs> well, you don't really find anything. Obviously, at some point in time, Peter Simpkin was more involved in the whole archaeology thing. That's probably what he is. There's little artifacts here and there, things from digs that he went on. But the place is a shambles. He's moved furniture. He's barred the windows. He's uh, neglected everything. Everything is covered in the thick layer of dust, except for the places on the floor where he's been running back and forth. Um, his kitchen is piled high with dishes. Uh, there's flies everywhere. He hasn't been cleaning himself or the place. Uh, it's pretty nasty. He's lost his mind. And oddly enough, the one thing in the house, it's not clean. It's also covered in a layer of dust. But his bed has not been slept in for a long time. I wonder if he's barely sleeping at all. From he's, what probably, he's probably not. If I could make a guess... He's probably having dreams like Reginald, and it sent him over the edge. Because in the previous time that we came here and, and didn't barge in, he was obviously a loose cannon. I mean, you know, he was not all there looking inside the house now. Once again, he's not all there. Um, so... Yeah, I would think that it would make pretty good sense that he's not sleeping or having bad nightmares. He says a lot of things that sound like stuff that you'd see in dreams, you know. Now, here's the question. Reginald, are you still having nightmares? Well, I did. I mean, I have each night I've slept since this affair has begun. Um. And I think they're worsening. And uh, that is certainly one of the reasons that I think we need to learn what we can from Mr. Simpkin, because I don't want to be in a similar condition. No, in six no years. we do not want you to be in a similar condition. Mr. Simpkin, do you uh, what? Have, have you heard the phrase, the red turban? Oh my God, those people, they're. They're insane. They're insane. They're crazy. They're from. They're from. They're from Nineveh. They're from that place. They're. They're terrible people. Yes. Yes. We. We want to. We want to protect you from the red turban. We are here because they and their madness have come to London. Oh, yes. We want to save ourselves and our friends and you from them. What do you know about them? I. I don't know anything about them, but it's. 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 Damn Tom's in the hell. He should never have gone back. No, he, he shouldn't this, have. He brought this curse down upon us all. His, 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 they wouldn't be here if he hadn't done that. Did he do anything in particular? 
other than enter the tomb of Nineveh? No, sir. He uncovered the whole thing. Oh, my God. He should never, never, never have uncovered it. It was No, I, I think that's right. Did you, Mr. Simpkin, did you go into the library at Nineveh? The library, the library, I don't remember. The library. There's nothing that you read that you found very upsetting? No, so many, so many things. No, it wasn't that. There was something else in there, something, something in the temple, something that was, it was, he and King, he had found it. They had found it in, in 1903, and, and, uh, they they covered it all up like thieves, like nasty little thieves they were. They covered it up so that nobody would find it. And then they went back. I think they got to, to King first. Somehow they knew. They knew. You don't believe then that Mr. King had a fatal heart? Uh, uh, no, no, no. It, uh, it was all secret. It was meant to be only for those who knew we shouldn't have been there. Oh, he t told everyone we were going back to the mound, but it was really the temple. And he's, he's shaking and becoming very upset again. Does anyone have any booze on them? No. I, I can't imagine actually. that Mr. Simpkin has any at home. Maybe in uh, Felix's car. Yes, Felix, if you've got a bottle of the boot, I think something that steady Mr. Simpkins' nerves would be quite welcome. Let me do uh, a luck roll on that one. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go look. Oh, Vlad, you're mute. He's a Russian. He always has vodka. <laughs> vodka. Yeah, well, it's whiskey. Oh. I failed that one. It's good Scottish whiskey from my ancestors. Wine in Rome, after all. Um, so you, you pour him a drink, obviously. And he, uh, uh, he tries to drink it, and it, he's spilling half of it as he's going. Uh, see, there was, there was something. There was something inside. There was something inside the temple. Something evil. Something horrible. It was there. But, Banksmith died. He was flattened under a rock. Uh, uh, McAvoy had the dreams too, you know. He did. And then uh, Brightman. Are you having dreams? Brightman Peter? found that thing. What thing? We, we brought it back. We, we thought we had struck gold, but all we did was open a gateway to hell. The gate, the gate, the gate and the key. And he starts screaming. Alcohol flying everywhere. <laughs> did, did he say oh, the gate easy. and the key or the gate of the key? I think it was and. Um, soothing, soothing sounds, soothing sounds. Peter, we're, again, we're here. We're here to stop the red turban. And to, we're, here to, we're here to take the curse away. Oh, no, 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 no. They brought it back. Don't you understand? It's, it's here already. Where they is it? it back. What, 
Where tell, is it, Peter? They, they brought it back to England. They brought it back to the museum. Now, now they Does want it, have- it all. They'll kill everyone who touches it. It is the curse. You made it, they made us bring it all back. Even the temple stones. So many tablets of secrets said he wanted to rebuild the temple of, in London. Oh, the folly of man. Who wanted to rebuild the temple in London? Thompson, Thompson. I knew it. Uh... <laughs> there, 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 there is something dark. Something dark that's coming. There's no point in fighting. There's no, there's no point. It's, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than all of us. Twisting and turning, it wants to be free. And he becomes hysterical again. Mr. Simpkin, you've been alone with this too long. There is a reason to fight. We can't have a new temple in London. You aren't alone anymore. I, too, have the dreams. I, too, have seen the golden statuette. Who are you people? Uh, Another foolish group of interlopers who did not know what they were delving into. I, I just, I just want to get away. I just, just want to get away. And he, you can see he's sort of turning in on himself at that point and becoming unresponsive. What would you like to do? I wonder if that new exhibit they're planning on putting up is a reconstruction of the temple. Yeah, Let's I thought that too. Talk about this away from poor Mr. Simpkin. Well, I'm assuming we were going to... I wouldn't stand there and say that right in front of him. I, okay. Right? Yeah, I, I didn't think you would either. We have the run of the place after all. Um, Sounds Mr. to Simpkin. me like... Um, it's time for a creepy crawl on the museum. Quite probably. I remember I said I thought Thompson knew a hell of a lot more than he was letting on. I think we need to turn uh, politely turn this place over and find what else we could find here. I'm quite wondering if Thompson might not be uh, another uh, pawn in this whole matter. The, I, I've had the same consideration as Vadim. However, uh, his journal entries suggested that he did not know about some of the murders. And so while he is in one form of conspiracy, certainly, why, clearly he thinks of himself as some sort of high priest. The very uh, fact that he's still alive implies that he had some kind of hand in the matter. And he's a public figure. He's the easiest one to find of all of them. He doesn't seem to be having the nightmares. Not that you know of. No indication that he is, no. Well, I mean, Reginald's only had him for a few days, and he's a little disturbed with them. Imagine having them like this gentleman or the other people. Because Reginald has his wits about him. Right. So therefore, they unnerve him. If, but would right. they unnerve Thompson if he was already over the edge? But if Thompson had them for the last year or two, he should, shouldn't be as coherent as he is. I don't care how strong your resolve is. If you've had nightmares every night for two years, 
you're going to be like this poor bastard. Again, it goes to my thought that uh, what if Thompson has been chosen to do something and instead of nightmare, he is uh, controlled. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. He's he's a bigger player than we, we think. Than he's and I don't think on. he understands how big he is in this whole thing. I think we got bigger, uh, as they say, bigger fish out there. Also consider that, uh, you know, it's not just the last six years that he's since he since the dig, but he discovered the temple complex 10 years before that. So he's deeply into the matter mm -hmm. in whatever way. That, but again, I don't think he's I don't think he's involved in a ritual sacrifice. I think no. he's the plunderer. Do not, you not the do punishment? You, do you think that we could get more information out of Peter Simkin if we got him calmed down? Because we can calm him down. Calm down. Oh. Yes. What exactly <laughs> do you mean? Um think about the time period we're in. Everything's got opium in it. Oh yeah. Cough medicine. Um, let me interrupt. At at this moment, I'm going to assume that Felix, since you guys are all talking, Felix is watching Simkin. Okay, makes sense. And Felix, what you notice is that Simkin, as he's sitting there, he begins to sort of drift off to sleep for about ten seconds, and then he opens up wide-eyed and he starts screaming at the top of his lungs. Sounds like he's saying something about the lobsters. Bad okay, so... Well, I don't like seafood, but... Uh... Well, you can see that he's so exhausted that at any second he'll fall asleep and then immediately wake up screaming from whatever it is he's seeing in his mind. Yeah, his brain is his brain is pudding. Should we have him committed? No, wouldn't do any good. I mean, maybe well, he. Could... It might be harder for them to kill him there. That's... He'd at least uh, get looked after. I don't think they want to kill him. If they wanted to kill him, he'd already been dead. We broke into the house and we did it gently and softly. If they wanted to come mm -hmm. through the door, they would have come through the door. And yet he knows of them and is terrified of them. I don't know why they've spared him so far. Because he's crazy. Maybe this is his punishment. Indeed, he is Could suffering. Be. Um, again, I'm going to approach him in a very non-threatening fashion, put my head lower than his, and then say, um, uh, tell him again that we're here and he's safe. Um, Peter, I began to have the dreams after I held the statuette of Naboo. Ah, ah, he just suddenly starts screaming. No, you, I mean, he's trying do to. Do you have a Naboo? Do you have a Naboo here? No, and he just every time you say the name Naboo, he's freaking out totally. I would, I would honestly say, just in my opinion, if y'all want to search, we can. But if he had anything like that here, he would have gotten rid of it. Well, you had about an hour to search as, as he was calming down. So, yeah, you haven't found anything like that. I mean, he's terrified, so he's not going to keep that here. Now, he might keep correspondence here about during the time that came from the time that this happened. But even that, I just don't think that he's – I think he's a dead end. I don't think we're going to get anything from him. 
That's just my opinion. I think we're get, what we got is all we're going to get at this point. Yeah, he's a right nutter. Peter, did you keep a journal when you were over there in, in Nineveh? Um, he looks at you like he doesn't quite understand what you're saying, but he reacts badly to the name Nineveh. Um, he says, I, I, I don't remember. I don't want to remember. That's fine. You don't, you don't have to. It's painful. Do you have any books around here? You there are books in your house? There are books on the shelves and there, there are things like that. They're, once again, they're in disarray and they're dusty. Anything you want, you're going to look through the books? Look at Try and do a spot hidden for me. 53 on 65. Normal pass. He's got a lot of archaeology books. You don't find a journal, but you do notice that he has been burning books to keep the house at least partly warm. So anything thrown into the fire, it, lo it all looks like paper. He may have burned any kind of journal that he once had. I'm going to go kick around the ash a little bit, see if there's any handwritten pages that are still intact. Nothing. Is there a basement or an attic? Um, in this kind of a house, probably, yeah. Um, we'll say that you 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 sort of searched those halfway before, and you didn't find anything. Okay. Old old furniture and junk. So, Thompson bears some more scrutiny. That much we know for a fact. I wonder if Peter, and I'm not saying this for Peter, would hear me. I'm wondering if Peter knows Nevi. I don't think so, but you know. Because I'm still trying to figure out where she fits into this. Well, she knew Glossop socially. Oh, okay. And, and Glossop was concerned because the uh, artifacts were not properly cataloged. So, Peter, you know a girl named Nevi? He has no reaction at all to to anything like that. He does, It's like you're speaking a, a Chinese. <laughs> I'm gonna go What's with that guy's that. name? Guido? I say the name Guido. No reaction. Hmm. Seems like whatever he was used for, that use has... Uh, that use is all burned up and he's no threat to anybody anymore. Peter, can you tell us about the thing that is the curse that was brought here? He simply becomes more hysterical again. And he doesn't say anything other than what he's already said. There's something that was there that they let out and mm -hmm. that he said these, something about these sorry. people with red turbans are 
trying to get the artifacts, everything that was in the tomb. Okay, let's go way out in left field. Since we are an organization that deals with the occult, certain things are not unknown to us, like possession. Follow me through now. If Thompson has been possessed, maybe his family and close associates would be able to tell us something different about him. It's a possibility. I'd be curious to talk to other people in, in Thompson's life. Sure. I think the question right now is what we do with this poor uh, Simpkins fellow. Get him uh, some cough syrup. I think that the idea of alerting the authorities to his condition might not be unreasonable. He might be safer, not from the red turban, but from himself. Self, yeah. At least in, uh, and I mean, does Simpkin, does he have money? Does he look like he has money? Looks like he had money. Well, if they sold his house, it could pay for a halfway decent asylum for him or something. I don't want to put him in with the public, like one of the street urchin houses where they just abuse him. Like if he goes to a halfway decent place, he'll eat and they'll bathe him. Dude, or we just put him dude, to sleep. In the twenties, in the twenties, <laughs> there was no decent, sane asylum. They were nightmares. If he had money, yeah, but I we mean, don't know this. Well, surely we know about the asylums. Well, yeah, but what you would know is like Bethlehem Hospital uh, in London uh, is there to, I mean, they're, they treat people with mental disorders. They jack him up on whatever the equivalent of Thorazine is. They jack him up on something, laudanum, laudanum opium, something like that. At least he get poor fellow get some damn sleep. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's rather how I feel about it. Uh, he might get a couple of meals a day and uh, some surcease from the constant torment. Might I make a suggestion, though? If we are going to call the whatever paddy wagon to come get him, I think it would be beneficial if we stayed to help because if not, he's liable to freak out and end up getting shot. Agreed. Yeah, I'm not going to stay. No, Felix, nor should your vehicle be nearby. Exactly. Given its recent condition. Um, so what's the general consensus? I want to bring the poor fellow as much peace as possible. Yeah. I agree. I think we should uh, take him to hospital. So Vadim, Reginald, and Cyrus are going to take him to the hospital. Uh, Felix, you're going to sneak out. Oh, it's not. It's not a sneak situation. It's a, right. I'm just being, yeah. You're just not going to be around when this. Happens. Right. That makes I'm sense. Head, I'm to head to the house. And Fuller, I, I'll take him to the hospital with the others. Okay. It's my idea. So, poor did guy's gonna have, get shot. <laughs> did you have more than one car? Okay. Well, yeah, we had we, two. Right. We had Felix's. Felix was driving, and Vadim was driving. All right, so uh, Felix, uh, you're going to leave, and uh, the rest of you, how are you going to handle this? Are you going to try to pile them into your car, or? I wonder if we should invite the authorities here. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I think hey, a quick tour of the place should indicate his uh, condition. 
We can certainly do that, but either way it goes, let's be honest. This guy hasn't slept in who knows how long. He hasn't eaten right. He ain't going to put up much of a fight. He ain't going to last much longer here. Yeah, I mean, but again, I you know, the less we rough him up, I should think the better. I don't want to hurt him. I'm not, I'm not saying beat him up. I'm just saying is, is we can manhandle him. Well, let's let's see if we can get any sense out of him. Peter, we'd like to take you to see someone who I think could help you with the nightmares. Are you willing to come out of the house with us? Will it be safe? We will be, do everything we can to make you safe. We know about the red turbine and we do not want them to come near you. Yes, you got to protect me from them. Um, I want you all to do it. Well, uh, yeah, do a persuade roll. Uh, Reginald, Reginald, do a persuade roll. Thank God, not me. I have a whopping <laughs> 10. Yes, not successful. Okay. 69, not surprising. Um, but you're being nice and you're being compassionate. Uh, yeah, Cyrus. I have a 45 in Persuade. I you want to try? try? Yeah. Oh, no, 28. I thought it was a 48. Okay. Well, I got a 30. I can give it a go. Hey, I can, I can library use him. You, you, you passed correctly, Cyrus? Yeah, yeah. Just shy of... It was a regular success. Just shy of a heart. Well... Let's say that with some coaxing and with you know you you get you find his big uh, his big trench coat uh, uh, you wrap him up in it and you you stand on either side of him and you carefully get him in the car and he's very nervous but you do manage to get him to Bethlehem Hospital and you explain the situation. Uh, when to him. Tom, when we put him in the car. Did it look like there was people standing around no. watching us? Okay. No, really. um, I'm getting paranoid, but the hell. <laughs> and you, you get him to the hospital, and they, uh, they say that they're going to take care of him. And uh, that they'll work out, you know, this is, they're, 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 it's going to be humanitarian. They're, they'll work out, you know, how it's cost is paid for. Simkin actually probably has money in. Um, it takes you a, a couple of hours because you have to sign stuff and um, probably inform the police that the house is now abandoned and it's in bad array and, and so forth and it gets sealed up. Um, uh, Felix, what are you going to do? I went home. Okay. I went home. And it's late, is it not? We'll say it's late now. Okay. It's getting into the evening. I um I go in, get my uh it's been a hell of a day. Take a bath. I go into my office. And um, in my office, I, I call for Belvedere, Benson, and Hoke okay. to, come, to come join me. And they all come up? Yes, sir. I wave them in. 
and a motion for each of them to sit in the leather chairs that are lined up in front of my desk. Of course, sir. Neatly stacked documents, brass lamp, and a tray with four glasses and a bottle of whiskey. They sit upon the rich mahogany desktop. Heavy bookcases laden with numerous volumes and texts. They line the wall behind me. There's expensive trinkets and framed photographs that are resting atop a mantle of a fireplace whose flames are slowly lapping and offering a whisper of wood smoke to the rich leather and whiskey scent of the room. I step from behind the desk. I move across the room to close the door. As I make my way back to the desk, I begin. Gentlemen, first and foremost, thank you for your work today. You've handled another of my sticky situations with no obvious negative repercussions as of yet. You are truly masters of your craft. The gentlemen from the club extend their gratitude as well. I reach the desk, uncork the whiskey bottle, and attentively pour whiskey into each of the four glasses as I continue. Just as in the past, we'll need to increase our attention to what's going on around the house for a little while. Our two less lively guests seem to have been involved with a larger group, and there's a chance that other members of their group may come poking around. That's a matter for the police. And in order for everyone to keep on as we have been, we need to stay perfectly clean. This is obviously not new or a change of modus operandi to any of you, nor is it an unfamiliar path for myself. I set a glass on the edge of the desk in front of each of the men. I place one in front of myself as well. You've all received additional compensation for your efforts, and I trust you've taken care of your reports as you deemed appropriate. I want you all to know that neither I nor the rest of the gentlemen you saw <clears throat> nor the rest of the gentlemen that you saw tonight killed those men. I'll spare you the details. <clears throat> For the foreseeable future, I ask that you all remain attentive, alert, and diligent in maintaining the condition and security of our home. Again, I thank you for your service and most of all, your discretion. I take the glass into my hand. I swirl the deep amber liquid and momentarily watch it as it comes to rest. The three of them take their glasses. I raise my glass and nod to each of them slightly with a grin. And I say, to second chances. To second chances, sir. So let me assure you that we always will remain yours. I truly appreciate it. The drinks are quickly finished. The men retire to their respective stations and I'll retire to my room for some much needed sleep. 
All right. So uh, the rest of you, you've, you've uh, been out a couple of hours. It's late. You've uh, placed uh, Simkin in the hospital. Uh, what are you going to do afterwards? Go home, go to bed, I guess. Gentlemen, yeah. I need to go home and do some contemplating. Uh, several things that uh, Mr. Simpkin said resonate in past uh, endeavors. Um, I need to plumb my how are mind you on a few things. How are you feeling, Reginald? Yes, well, how are you feeling? I, I um, of course... Uh, you know, there's a degree of alarm regarding the condition of that poor man and my own circumstances. But, uh, and in that regard, as you mentioned earlier, Fuller, I think that perhaps a tincture of laudanum might uh, be a reasonable precaution for me this evening against further disquiet. Do you think you should be alone? That's exactly what I was going to say. Do you want to stay at yes. one of our places or one of us stay with you? You could feel free to stay at my place also. Yes, of course. I appreciate the offers, gentlemen. Uh, and we do, I believe, correctly suspect that the red turban, if that is appropriate designation for them, are, uh, have taken interest in me. Um, I think at this point they've taken an interest in all of us. If they haven't by now, they will have shortly, yes. Um, I do think those two gentlemen uh, earlier were part of them. Maybe not directly, but... Well, I think, I think that we're dealing with... Uh, my suspicion is that we're dealing with two different entities one of which is purely vengeful and one of which is more acquisitive. Uh, I believe the unnamed white benefactor might even be Thompson. Um, but I don't think he knows about the murders of other members of his crew. At any rate, uh, I think I'll stay at the club again tonight. And if any of you wish to stay as with me, uh, you're more than welcome. I'll stay. But I feel like the club is secure. I'll stay with him. Good. Good. Yeah. I must retire. How many rooms are there at the club? Would I be able to get a room next to them then? Um, I don't remember. Maybe three or four rooms. Um, yeah, probably. All right. Just, uh, I don't know. Things are starting to get a little hairy, and I want to keep an eye on everybody. And Make vice sure. versa. Make sure my Luger is loaded and ready, just in case. Let's hope we don't have to use it. So Reginald's uh, stopped by the pharmacist. Yes, I think. Uh, I think I, you know, just some sort of you know toothache level tincture to make me uh, less anxious about slipping into slumber. No, there, there are three bedrooms at the Wentworth Club. Not including the staff bedrooms, but those are for the staff. Now, we, Reg are, 
can we occupy all three or is there other members already there no we'll say you're cool okay right. now reginald um do it as a test you don't want to get i don't know if you're waking up from your nightmares but this is going to make you sleep heavy i've tried it in the past and um i just don't want you being trapped in your nightmare and unable to wake yourself no, I'm thinking, you know, that's why I said something rather light. Um, I do have some dread of sleep and what will come of it. So a little, yes. a little something to help me make that transition. And then, yes, yes that, might, that might be true. But going without sleep is very detrimental. Yes. In fact, I am already feeling uh, the some effect from having limited All right, so we'll go and pick that up for you, and then uh, if you need anything during the night, just give me a holler. Very good. I appreciate your concern, gentlemen. Ordering um, me if something does happen. Absolutely. Where Where are you going to get the laudanum? A pharmacist. You can buy it's, heroin at, at a pharmacy. It's 10.30 at night, though. Mm. Mm. Well... Is there any doctors? You just you know what you can do a luck roll to see if any of you actually have any in your medicine cabinet. There's also oh. the possibility of having picked up some at Bedlam. Or an opium den. Well, that would uh, be different, but nah. well, you could we yeah, could even much. um do a house call from a doctor and just pay him. We you know we're not poor. Pay him a couple dollars. Uh, I got an O freaking one on my dice roll. Yeah, oh, Cyrus, some... Cyrus has cabinets full of it. <laughs> Do I want the 4%, the 8%, or the 12%, Cyrus? Uh, go with the lower one right now and <laughs> live dangerously. <laughs> Very well. I use it to help control my anger issues. That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to kill you. Tell that to Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Cyrus, Fuller, and Reginald are all sleeping at the club. Vadim has gone home. Felix has gone home. And I'm not sleeping at home. I'm in my study, uh, spending the better part of the evening correlating things, going over uh, notes, going over ideas. How many hours of sleep are you going to get? Probably about uh, four hours of sleep because I'm going to be into the night until okay. it starts getting late. I'll probably, one of my uh, assistants will probably uh, encourage me to go to sleep after a while. Well, then tomorrow I'm going to want you to drop your constitution by uh, 1d4. That sounds fair. Because you're tired. I'll go ahead and roll for that. It'll go back, though. Yeah. Uh, one. Okay. Uh, all right, so the three of you set up the camp in uh, the Wentworth Club, and it's very comfortable, and it's very nice. Reginald, you take some laudanum, and you, you begin to fall asleep. But when you close your eyes and you lay down on the bed, uh, you feel very rested, restful, but you keep shifting position because you're worried about having a bad dream and you're thinking about the events of the day, you saw some pretty horrific stuff 
and it's difficult to get to sleep. But eventually the laudanum sort of takes over and you drift off into the darkness. But it's not, it's, it's kind of a swirling darkness. And you find yourself once again in a dark place, uh, but you're pretty sure there are trees all around you. And at first it seems quiet and restful. You can hear crickets, you can hear frogs, you can hear the sound of nature, but then it suddenly stops. And you hear a crashing noise somewhere behind you as if trees were being pushed over and something is coming in your direction. And so you begin to run. And you don't know how you don't crash into a tree, but you're running along a path in the forest. And it's almost pitch black, but you can see the trees. And something is coming up behind you, and it's getting closer and louder, and it's huge, whatever it is. And just as you are sure you, you're, it's going to get you, there's a kind of a golden light behind you. And as you turn to look, you wake up uh, sweating, shaking, and you can see that the sun is starting to come up outside and you don't feel like you've slept at all. You can do a sanity roll and a constitution roll. Well... My first roll, was, which I assume is sanity because of the sequence, is triple zeros. Oh. Uh, Constitution-wise, 007, very successful. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that you're going to take four points of damage. You're going to take the maximum damage of sanity. Yeah. And uh, which means that you're going to wake up screaming. Guys, you hear him scream in the other room. Um, run to him constitution yeah. you you don't take any damage but you're very tired and that means i've lost nine points of sanity since this began just for record keeping okay um is that uh i started with 80 okay so that's it's not 20 percent yet not 20 percent can no. you can you relate to us what you dreamed about? It seems vague, but sort of. You were yeah. being chased by something. Yeah. Now would Reginald... I didn't get any sense of anything about the chaser except that it was huge and powerful, right? Right. Yeah. Do you mention that you saw trees? Sure. They're running in the forest. This is the forest at night. There's no trees in Iraq. I'm sure there are somewhere. No, but it's I a desert. Don't, I don't feel like it's a rocky it, desert. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't know that it was foreign. I don't know that it was really. A, I don't know if it was a real forest. I just know that I was so close to it. It. It getting me. How long did he sleep before he woke up screaming? Well, he would have slept most of the night, but... Okay, so he's... The laudanum is 
like starting to have left his system. Yeah, by now. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't want him passing out on this. Would he have regained any sanity points from doing the humanitarian thing and helping um the Pete, Peter? Yeah, to the asylum. Yeah, I was gonna leave that for the end of the episode. All right. Uh, Actually, all of you that helped to get Peter there, uh, you can do um, do a sanity roll, and if you pass it, you can add one d four of sanity. Passed. I failed. Okay. You can add a couple of points of sanity. I'll just put one back then. Yeah, I uh, I passed, but I don't. I think I'm still getting worse. You know, regardless. Okay. Yeah, it's a different thing that's hitting you. All right, Vadim. Uh, you are staying up uh, most of the night. And somewhere around 2 a.m., uh, perhaps you have gotten yourself a drink. Uh, or went to relieve yourself, you've come back to your room, you sat back down to read whatever it was you were reading. And two things happen almost simultaneously. Uh, you feel a little bit of a chill, and you turn and you look, and you see that your window is open. And at the same moment, stepping out of the shadows is a man dressed all in black with a red turban. And before, well, before you can react, he moves forward and he pins you to the chair. Maybe it's a big chair. And he has a knife to your throat. And he says, listen to me. The children of tranquility will not stop until that which was stolen is returned to us. Do not get in our way, or you too will pay the price of such insolence. And you can hear your servants coming, and in a flash, he's out the window and he's gone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to the window and go out and, we want to talk. We want to entreat. He's gone into the darkness. Close the window, make sure it's locked. Uh, tell my servants uh, that uh, to check out the house. We had an intruder. He came, he went out the window. Uh, don't bother calling the police. All right. So they do that. There's no real evidence whatsoever, except maybe the slightest little nick from the blade against your neck it was a strange looking blade, long curved thing that he had. Um, definitely he looked like somebody from uh, an Arab nation. So just to just to confirm the the gist of what he said is that he uh, this was a threat not to continue our uh, our pursuits. 
I don't want to have to repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just confirming the trick. Sometimes you have to let the players see if they can remember what you just said. Okay. All right. I'm going to inform my, my staff, um, which is uh, only a couple people and only a couple housekeepers at this time. My regular staff is out on vacation. Um, long deserved okay. vacation because they've been very helpful. Um, and just tell my staff that uh, to get in contact with um, everybody else, and we're going to have a meeting uh, within within uh, within the day, and we'll save that for for after I take after I move to connect with these guys. All right, um, Felix. Nothing happens to you. You're fine. You're you're very secure where you are. Very comfortable. Um, Belvedere brings in your morning coffee and. Uh, helps pick out whatever clothes you want to wear that day. And uh, what are you all going to do? Are you going to meet back at the uh, Wentworth Club? I don't think we ever discussed it, but that would be my assumption. It seems did I get a phone? Thing. Did I get a phone call from you guys? Huh? No, we didn't call you. Okay. Well, I'm calling you. Cause he slept most of the night. So this is like early, early morning when this happened. Mm, I'm calling, I'm calling you and, uh, in the morning, uh, probably after you guys have already been up and got your wits about you. Yeah, because if we would have called you, it would have been probably five in the morning, so we didn't... Yeah, it's a, I would say it'd be calling about eight. We're up for sure. Okay. And pretty much every day we've been meeting there for breakfast anyway, so... Mm. Well, I'm calling it, I'm calling ahead and saying uh, whoever's on the line... Uh, oh. We need to talk. So we had, uh, we had, we had, uh, I, I, or shall I say, I had an encounter last night that uh, we need to discuss. Um, do you need us to pick you up? Are you in danger? No, I'm on my way. Come right away, then. I, I, I'm already, I'm already out the door. Are you armed? Duh. All right. See you as soon as you can, and I fill in uh, Fuller and Reginald. Well. All right. That's fine kettle of fish. Okay. Felix, are you also showing up for breakfast? Yeah, I just finished up my coffee at the house, tightened up the shave, and uh, I'll cruise down to the club for breakfast. So we'll say around 8.45, you all are pulling yourselves together for breakfast. Felix, did you have an okay night? Yeah, slept fine. Because right. Vadim apparently had a nighttime visitor. Yes, uh, last night uh, while I was doing uh, calculations and uh, going over the evidence uh, that we have acquired. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I was visited by one of the red turbans and uh, he knew who I was. He broke into my house and when I mean broke in, he got through a locked window, uh, climbed up this, this, professional assassin he what held floor? me a knife point hmm? what floor were you on i was on the second floor of my house and he uh pinned me down and held a knife to my throat and to and essentially told us that uh he did not want us continuing our pursuits 
he knows entire they know entirely who we are and what we're up to. Did you tell us everything? I, as he was leaving, I, as he left, uh, I called out to the winter of the dead, let them know that we uh, wish to talk to them. Since, uh, quite frankly, we're already in this and I don't see any way we can get out and, shall we say, uh, how would you put it? Um, uh, cop, uh, cop, cop, what's, what's the word I'm thinking? No, um, we would we cannot uh, abide by their their terms. Here's the thing, though: if they want the thing back, why not give it to them? No, they they told us more that we were that we were. Um, okay, player player here I must admit did did they say? I don't think I thought he was giving us a threat. He said the children of tranquility will not rest until I think things were returned. Okay. All right. That's right. That's right. I must have slipped that. I apologize, guys. Um, yes, he said, well, in addition to uh, this, he said the children of tranquility would not sleep uh, until uh, item is returned. So in addition to us continuing to bungle this, he does, he, the situation, he, does, he wants, I guess he wants us to return the item. Well, here's an uh, interesting question. If Thompson is a part of this, that would be the reason that they haven't approached him or killed him in this matter whatsoever. That's why I think we need to do a creepy crawl. Thompson does not have what they want. They, they, we have what they want, and they know us, and they know what we're up to. But everybody, you know something. Their, their knowledge is obviously quite incomplete. Uh, yes. They didn't know that Archie Glossop had smuggled out the gold item. They didn't know that I had it. They don't know where it is now. They do know that we're nosing about, and that might not be unrelated to the fact that we bearded Thompson in his lair. It is also I, possible that they're putting uh, one and one together, considering that we are we do have the item, and we are the ones with the item, and not Archie. Well, I, mean, I would have Archie's I would, dead. Yes, I well. I would have thought that if they knew we had the item, some of us would have been killed. I don't think they have any idea. Uh, I don't think that Thompson knows either, and I don't think that Thompson is involved with this Children of Tranquility. Which yeah. I guess is what the red turbans call themselves. It could Not be very could... tranquil. No, I'm I'm with you, Reginald, on that idea. I don't think I think it's two different factions. And and this gentleman who held you at, uh, down and threatened you with a knife, he left you uninjured, just hmm? with a threat. He merely threatened you and then left. He nicked my throat to to as as a warning. What did he look like? Would you recognize him if you saw him again? I would. He had a heavy mustache, and he was very Middle Eastern. But I, if I saw his face again, I could, I could easily recognize him. And he, and he was wearing a red turban. Yes. Duh. So we have a. The name is a functional descriptor. And he should. And if he was running away, he could have. He should have easily heard that we want that that uh, we wanted to talk with him. 
because I put the I put out the offer there to to discuss. I wanted to see if we could um, entreat with them to see if we could come to an understanding of the situation. Well, it is true that rather than breaking their homes at night and threatening us with knives, they could send a polite missive. Well, the, I think they might, might be desperate too, because this, this seemed to me like a desperate uh, situation to uh, go forego all, all uh, decorum and, and uh, go directly to threats. But your life was in danger. He, he, I don't think uh, my life, well, I think we are all in danger. I think I he's think, just making the point clear and most specifically to me. I think it's also very interesting that he did not visit Felix last night because let's be honest, both the bodies were in Felix's car and they had to have had some way of tracking him to know that they were dead. And he also knew he also knew that uh, actually, unlike Felix, who has full staff, uh, most of my staff is gone for a holiday. But that brings me back to my point. I think whoever felt you know is asleep now was dealing with this Guido guy, and I think this children of tranquility is there's A and B, and I think Guido and the two lookouts are on one side and then I think the children of tranquility are the Arab front of this. It I think be. the connection between them two is um, Thompson. I don't know, you know, exactly how, but that, that seems to be the convergence. Well, of course it's the Thompson ex ex expedition. Right. So it That's might the, not necessarily be directly topless, but it could be the circumstances right, right. surrounding the expedition. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't suppose that the the gentleman who held an knife to Vadim's throat uh, has anything to do personally with Sir Thompson. Neither do I. Again, that's why I I yelled out there rather than any. I I I put the word. I guess I put maybe put the word out to them that we wanted to talk. If what would we say to them, Vadim? Maybe come to an understanding of situation so that we understand what's going on and maybe get answers as to why you are suffering. No, 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 not at all. Because then that would, they would know that, and then I bring my voice down, that would let them know that we have access to a new, a new Nebu artifact. Well, we would, we would have to handle the situation very quietly and carefully. We cannot let them know. They might suspect, but we cannot give them definite proof that we have it or have it. But it, it would or, give us idea of who they are, what they're, they're wanting, yeah, but, but and at what, cost. What, they, what, they, what they want with us. But Vadim, also, you know, these, the individual who visited you last night presumably is related to the individual who slit our colleague's throat, cut off his hands and feet, shoved a note into his mouth. This is not someone that we wish to parlay with and, and have negotiations. This is a criminal, insane person. Well, that, that, that is jumping ahead a little bit. It, that could have easily been the other group, as uh, Sayadar said, that's connected with this Guido. I don't hey, think... I'm, I'm curious about something, and I don't know that it's correlates to what we're talking about but tom i'm assuming we get like the daily paper in this place oh yeah is there anything in the newspaper about peter simkin being killed 
No. Okay, well, so he's safe. Good. I was going to follow up on that after this discussion, but after this discussion, I want to A, call the hospital and check on Simpkin. B, have Reginald call and follow up on his private or personal ad thing that he put out. So we could see if either there was a response to, you know, his his ad and then if see if uh, Simpkin survived the night. Um, to be honest with you, this is just guess, but um, might not be a good idea to call about Peter because if we're being watched. Our names are on the paperwork that submitted him. It doesn't matter. Well, I suppose so. And on the third note, uh, Felix, how is everything at the house? Did you, you didn't have any visitors? No, no, no one came. We run a pretty tight ship. And uh, I had uh, a, uh, I basically had a chat with the, with my staff last night, bringing them up to, bringing them as up to speed as, as was necessary. And basically, uh, just a, a safety update and uh, security to bolster security. So we are all, as far as myself and and the staff, we are uh, we are all full secure. All right, now it, Vladim, you said you might not have been in danger, but if a man has a knife to your throat, he could have killed you at any time. Quite easily, but uh, I think he was trying to threaten more to than... To scare uh, you or threaten you, correct. But and the fact still remains that he made it into your house and was able to get a knife to your throat. They're not amateurs. No, they're not. They're a professional assassin. I've faced these uh, types before. Now, for safety's sake, I don't know, but I think we should just have buddies, the buddy system at this point. I agree. And uh, maybe we should uh, stay here at the club. There's only three rooms, though. We could double up. I do not mind uh, doubling up. Okay. I've been in worse. Or we can get a safe house and just all sleep in a, one big room, rent out a flat. Mm -mm. If we're being followed, then... That could be issue here. We are, even though we may be followed, they they can't get in too many witnesses. I don't know, but here's the thing: is if we know that we're being followed, that would be kind of like the ungentlemanly thing to do to lead him back to this place. They already know we're here. If they got to Vlad's house, they at least on his level they know who he is. If they do any digging, it's not like. We're, I mean, we're not public figures, but we're not private. I know it, it is unpopular view with you gentlemen, but I do wish to entreat with them, uh, if nothing else, to get a better idea of what we are facing. We don't have to tell them everything, but uh, at very least, <laughs> well, the situation like in a gentlemanly fashion as opposed to uh, a threat with a knife at the throat. This is precisely the problem, however, for Dean. These people are not being gentlemanly on, in, in their modest sense. They are terrorizing and murdering people with little or no warning. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I'm struck by the uh, phrase, children of tranquility, 
Was there not something in Thompson's journal regarding that phrase? Now that you mention it, I think. Is that still in Felix, your do you hand, remember Felix? anything along those lines? As they say? Yeah, I think I, as, yeah, I think I still have that journal. Um, Good. Uh, you should have in the safe here at the, at the club. I had, it spoke of the cult of the red turban. It, uh, I don't remember it actually saying anything about children of tranquility, but it did specifically call out the, uh, cult of the red turban. Hmm. Now I may be mistaken. It's been, uh, there's a lot that's happened between the time we read this and, and now, but, uh, is it in fact in the safe here? Let me can check on my recollection. Yeah, I really can't remember where we put it. As far as I know, you kept all of those things. We certainly didn't send them back. No. Although I think we did discuss throwing it back. In his I, I did have an idea about that, but I was soundly overruled. Well, let's say that uh, uh, you have Mr. Sykes retrieve whatever you had in the safe. Um, Sykes is a very good man. Yes. And uh, Sykes does, in fact, he brings you uh, the journal, uh, Thompson's journal, and uh, he shows it to you. But as he hands it to you and you open up the page, he says, oh, sir, I also have a message from Mr. Theodore uh, Rabin uh, uh, Price. Uh, he's in one of the rooms upstairs, uh, his usual lounge, and uh, he told me that if you were here, he would like to speak with you all. Hmm. That is welcome and excellent news. I've been worried about him. Yes. This children of tranquility. Well, you, the only thing you reference, you see anything like that is on is late October nineteen nineteen, the last uh, the last entry. All in black except for red turban. Much like your visitor, Vadim. I asked him who he was, and he said, "One of the many who seek to keep the past asleep and undisturbed." He wondered if by opening the temple of Nabu, I risked unleashing a great evil and that a curse would fall upon me and everyone associated with that tradition. He said that there were things that should never be touched, that possessing such a thing would bring a terrible curse upon the person. The dead will have their revenge, he said, mm. then disappeared into the night. Certainly sounds a great deal like your visitor, doesn't it? Mm, th those who would keep keep a situation tranquil, children of tranquility. Quite. Apparently, quite. we've got something that he's out there that he's uh, causing all these trouble, and uh, and these red turban types want to uh, want to uh, put it back. I'm curious about this idea that. You know, there is a parallel between that passage and what Peter Simpkins said, but something that's unwelcome being unleashed, 
as though there were some more dangerous thing than the red turbans themselves. And Even going to Cyrus's idea. Keeping uh, the past asleep, not to awake it. Like if it's actually waking something up. What were you saying, Vlad? Sorry. No, I was just agreeing with what you, you had mentioned before, that it could be two different groups. I, I pose question. What if... Um, what if uh, these uh, that uh, Thompson and his group uh, were under the influence of these other people to open up the uh, the uh, Temple of Naboo? Maybe they don't realize it. Maybe though, maybe it could be that he was the, their benefactors, or it could be something more sinister in that they were being controlled. Well, my impression of uh, Sir Thompson the, was very poor indeed. Yes. And I suspect that he was interested primarily in his own aggrandizement, power, and uh, renown. And, uh, and as they say in America, as you would might say, uh, Mr. Finley, um, uh, follow the money. Yeah. Maybe that's where we need to be looking at is who actually uh, funded the 1919 not just not just uh, wealthy benefactors to the museum. Who specifically? I, but as I as I also said, it, it might not just be the money thing. It could be, shall we say, more of a um, supernatural influence too, and one that that uh, was not realized, or maybe something as subtle as hypnosis. Well, I what we saw in the back of that car that day was. Not hypnosis. That, that was supernatural made manifest. I have idea on my, what might happen there. And I told basic, basic principle, but I've been coming up with more detailed uh, scenario. Um, well, I'm happy to know that Theodore Rayburn Price is back. I'm curious to hear about Nevi's uh, recent circumstances and warn him about the danger that still it seems to exist regarding uh, Nevi and possibly himself. So I'd like to go upstairs and... Uh... Before we go, I'm going to leave, leave one thing to put in mind that we can touch on after we talk with our, with our friend. Mm. Um, phrase was brought up last, last night. Gate and key. Gate and key. I've heard these somewhere before in some form or another, but I cannot place for the life of me where I heard it. But I know it has something to do with occultism. Maybe Crowley's work or something. I don't know. Gate yeah, and key. Those key seem like pretty, some pretty common symbolic things. When you say it came up last night, I mean, the gates and keys were mentioned by your uh, knife-wielding... No, no. Um... Simpkin. <laughs> Simpkin. Ah, uh, Simpkin. Simpkin mentions Keith and Gay, Gate and Key, and almost. I don't know. There's something about that is so familiar. Like, as you said, it might, might, might just be a um, regular ritual thing there with occultism and stuff, but that resonates for some reason. Yes, it certainly I, was. 
but look at it this yeah. way if there was something unleashed maybe somebody brought key to gate and gate opened and unleashed it at the temple of naboo now you guys remember in his journal as you can see right here on the table he doesn't believe thompson he doesn't believe in any of this he says it's all superstitious as a matter of fact, that was one of his last entries after the guy told him, uh, the fella told him about the knife-wielding incident that happened to him. He said it was superstitious nonsense, I say. That's, I believe that's a direct quote. Sounds like Thompson. He's perfect, uh, as they would say in uh, America, Cyrus, uh, Patsy? Uh, Thompson, I believe, is simply after the notoriety of bringing all of this stuff back He's already got his spot in the museum set aside for it. Yes. So they're clearing so, away. And if he look, puts all those pieces together and recreates the gate, then the only piece that'll be missing is the key, which would be the golden yeah. statue. We hold mm. it. The gate will be assembled behind that shielded wall. So we are dealing with two factions. One faction would be Thompson's hitmen or watchers that were after Nevi because he knew Nevi had the key. The other faction is the red turbans that know the hell that will be unleashed if those two pieces come together. I don't think it's directly Thompson. I think it is uh, somebody more nefarious that is, that is the same puppet master for our deceased watchers as it was as he is as Thompson is a puppet. And Sykes is upstairs waiting. He possibly could hold the piece that uh, locks all this together, huh? Now, before we go speak with him, Vlad, I thought it might be a, a crazy idea to speak with these guys until I just heard Felix say something. If they are trying to stop the curse or whatever was released from the temple, they might not be, I mean, I'm not saying they're good guys, but you see where I'm going with this? Like, if they're trying to stop whatever it is, maybe them having the key isn't such a bad... I'm not saying let's give it to them, but we might need to al align ourselves with them, maybe. You're, you're on mute, Vlad. That is where I'm trying to come from here, is, is that uh, we find out what their motivation is, and if... And while they may not be... Uh, good people, they might have good intentions to take to get rid of something worse. I, I do see where you're coming from with that now. And uh, while we may not agree with uh, with their methods, we may agree on the reasoning why and to uh, and uh, why we need to keep this greater evil from coming out right. if it's already for, out for the greater good. Yes. Well, I, I it's very difficult for me to ascertain a greater good that involves mutilating a man in his bedroom. Oh, I don't disagree on that, especially after my encounter last night. But at the same time, we need to try and promote more of a diplomatic situation, even if initial contact was not diplomatic. Well, I, yes, initial contact uh, it does not seem descriptive of, again, cutting a man into bits and feeding parts of other parts. That's a little bit less than a diplomatic failure. 
that's well, grotesquery and extreme. Well, it's to evil. play to play evil. to play devil's advocate, um, maybe these red turbans think that we're just like uh, Thompson is a bunch and don't realize that we might actually be more accommodating. Yes, I, we certainly are. There, it is simply inexcusable to viciously slaughter someone in the way that, for example, so what's his name was slaughtered. It's, an, oh, it's you know, it can't be, it, we cannot brook conversation with creatures that would do that to a human being. Yeah, I'm not condoning ritualistic murder at all. But if they know how to stop whatever curse it is, I'm just saying that might be worth hearing. But anyway, let's 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 see what this gentleman has to say. Let's let's go upstairs and talk with our friend. All right. So you all head upstairs, and uh, just like in previous times, you uh, knock on his study door. You go inside, and he's sitting behind the desk. Ah, gentlemen, I'm so glad you've come. Please come in, come in, sit down. Uh, now, I'm sorry, Tom, this is Theory Rayburn Price? Correct. Who who ran away with Nevi? Correct. And we haven't seen since? Correct. It's only been a, a few days, a couple of days. Not the fellow we've got upstairs to see before. No, we're, no we're not talking about uh, the guy with the funny name. Right, okay. Good. I just Ice and Will. They were both upstairs, and they both were funny. So I didn't. Yeah. I thought there might be an overlap there. Okay. Now this is our original fellow who got you all involved in this in the first place. So any luck finding out what's going on? Funny you should ask, Teddy. Uh, uh I think uh, actually Vadim should begin since he's got the most recent news. Well, before you begin, I want you to all know Nevi is safe. Uh, I'd rather not exactly say what we went through to get there, but I have I have every confidence that she's perfectly safe at this point. And that's very good news because she was, in fact, in some danger. Oh, was we she? verified that. Ah, so yes, yeah, she told me that she thought people were watching her. May still well be in danger. Well, we went to some pretty thorough lengths to make sure that nobody knew where we were. Let's just say that unless they're willing now to cross the ocean, they're not going to find her. That's, a, that's an excellent start. Uh, and I hope it should be sufficient. Um, however, Vadim's most recent news is somewhat alarming on that front. Oh? Yes, uh, encounter. I, we we I had an encounter last night. I uh, an assassin in a red turban, Middle Eastern man. Uh, an assassin. Snuck into, yes, snuck into my house and made threat upon me. What sort of threat? Um, in a, in in. in Summation, he asked that we return Artifact because Artifact is uh, something they're looking for. Oh, you're referring to the statuette. You still have it. Yes, we have it taken care of. But I see. Apparently, we are causing them trouble. And so it is these people that have murdered 
poor Mr. Glossop. Quite probably, but we also think that there might be another party involved in this whole matter as well. Another party? A far more mysterious party than these red-turbaned uh, Arabs. Say. What about uh, Lord Brightman? Uh, your, your mission, as you recall, was to find out if you could see what has happened to Lord Brightman and find out what happened to Mr. Glossop, both of them. And you say Glossop was murdered by some sort of Arab. Yes, it, it appears in both cases, uh, to the best of our knowledge so far, it appears in both cases uh, that there is a connection to an illicit archaeological dig in Nineveh in 1919, and that in both the case of Lord Brightman's murder and that of Archie Glossop, there was an object retrieved. Both In both cases, a statue of the Babylonian Assyrian god Nabu. That connection is, a, is rather specific and so compelling. Oh my. So you're saying now that there was another dig of some sort. There is no question of it any longer. Uh, Sir Thompson uh, initially denied it and then admitted it. Everyone. You're, you're on talking that about dig, Reginald Campbell Thompson, yes? That's, that's the very yes, one. Sir. Everyone who was at the dig in 1919 the second secret dig is dead, except for Thompson, uh, and possibly a fellow who's moved uh, a bit away, a Punchin, William Punchin, uh, and a fellow that we've just had committed, who's frankly Starkers, out of terror. The words red turban and Nabu both caused uh, the latter gentleman to absent himself in terror. My God, it's uh, it would seem that you've stumbled upon stuff far more involved than what we ever imagined. We, we expected you to find a, a couple of thugs, but well, we found a couple of thugs as well. Do you want to try to explain that, Felix? Uh, we, I'm sorry, we found a couple of what? I was deep in thought here. Uh, we, the thugs we found don't appear to be involved with... Uh, the Red Turban organization, who may or may not call themselves something like Children of Tranquility, <clears throat> but there are also other more brutal uh, people involved. Those were Zeke Nevi. The thugs. Yeah, the ones that were looking, looking at the various uh, people involved. We think they belong to a second party from the Red Turban Arabs. We haven't quite we haven't quite got information from from them. I see. Now I have a question about Nevi. Um, did you spend any time with her in the preceding nights? Well, just the last couple of days, getting her to a destination. 
Did she suffer from nightmares or night terrors or? Not at all. She felt quite relieved that she was gone from the situation. Now, this is me speaking, not the character. Didn't didn't Nevi have the touch the artifact or? Yeah. Did she? All right. I'm just trying to. She handed it to you. She handed. Okay, that's that's what I. Of course, she handed it to you as wrapped in velvet, but yeah, she obviously wrapped it in velvet. Right. I'm. Yes. I'm just working on a she theory. Been, on she would have had no reason not to touch it. Also, right. Mr. Okay. Price, uh, Mr. Rayburn Price, also probably touched it the same time that you guys did in the room. Okay. Um. The story you're telling me is is terrifying and remarkable. Right? And he's writing all of this down so that he gets the details. And he's confused about some of the story, uh, and probably in the same man- way that you guys are. But uh, there's still many pieces of puzzle that have not been uh, uncovered, as it were. But we have come up with enough to get a general idea that, as it is, we've all come to the conclusion that it is a bigger and more in-depth situation. Well, Probably going far, far deeper than just some intrigue amongst uh, thugs or criminal underground. Well, I certainly, I certainly agree with you there. It certainly doesn't seem like this situation is in any way resolved. However, you have discovered who is probably behind the murders. You mean the organization? The... Well, these are children of tranquility, as you say. Oh, uh, and I, I think that I agree with Cyrus that it seems like there are two factions going on here. Yes. Uh, hopefully only two. Uh this conversation has um, uh, caused me to feel a little anxious, and I haven't been sleeping well. I'm going to excuse myself and uh, go and find a phone and call Scotland Yard and see whether uh, they had any success finding Mr. Punchin still alive, the only other member of the expedition that we have a name for. Okay. Um, you do get a response. Um, the response is simply that uh, Mr. Punchin seems to be very well alive. Uh, however, he is currently unavailable um, as he's busy with some sort of archaeological matter. Um, they can't get a hold of him directly, but everybody seems to think that he's doing just fine. He's out of the country, or? Well, they don't know for sure, but okay. he's definitely not available. Fair enough. I returned to the group. Uh, yes, Rachel, you look, rather, you look rather tired. Not sleeping well, you said. Uh, no, 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 not at all today. Not at all. Um, 
You know, for what it's worth, Nevi, you asked me a question earlier. Nevi did say that when she had the statue, she felt a, a great deal at unease. Mm -hmm. She described nightmares specifically, just a general sense of unease. Oh, you know, when you said that, it does sort of reawake a memory that she told me that she didn't sleep well. The damn thing is, I haven't touched it for days. I... I, uh, well, why? I don't understand how it could be that it's still plaguing me. Well, she said something also about a Mr. Uh, Schwansucker. Mm. Schwanz, Schweinsucker. Schweinsauger. Ah, yes. Terrible man, she said. Very, uh, That's what she quiet. said. Did you follow he, up that lead? He feels the same way about her, quite frankly. <laughs> Well, she did clobber him, yes. Yeah, a couple of you know, notable injuries, apparently. What, uh, why did you bring that up then? Well, I was just, that was another part of her story that I wondered if you'd followed up on. Yes, yeah, so we, we paid she him had, a visit. She had showed him the statue, as I recall. Yes, he thought it was a thing of immeasurable evil. Oh, uh, my goodness. It's got, he would not explain. It's got to be a picky, choosy kind of thing because you're having nightmares, even though you haven't touched it in days. And look at poor Peter Simpkin. He's having nightmares nonstop, but yet she doesn't. So it's just kind of a hit or miss kind of thing, apparently. Huh. What... Uh... You say you have the statue secure somewhere. It, it's safe. That's it's safe. We'll leave it at that. So I think it's reasonable to suggest that the fewer people who know about all of these individual bets, the safer we all are. As we're dealing with at least two conspiracies. Not to mention violent. That, not to mention that there may be a supernatural element to these. Yes. Possibly. That's the most disturbing of all this is that we may actually have a something that is genuinely supernatural. Well, it would be exciting. It should be exciting. To well, it would be a great something. discovery, but at the same time, it's a very terrible discovery. Yeah, so, so far, every element of it is only uh, something that enriches human suffering. I would... I am not opposed to the investigation of something supernatural, as you might know. I mean, it's part of what we all study here. on it. Look into. But if it is a cursed item, perhaps there is a way to remove the curse. I'm working on that. Oh? Yes. Well, please, Vadim, tell us more. Yes, what have you found, Vadim? I'll try and keep it. I, I try to keep it in in short terms because this is a very detailed subject that could could go on for a long time. Um, long as as they say in America, long story short, um, curse is a set protocol. A set protocol would suggest manipulation of mathematics. 
um, it is, I am not only one, but there are many in occult circles that think that um, magic is actually uh, subtle manipulation of mathematics that control reality. And without getting into the whole, the whole thing, if you have any questions, do ask. Um, someone who knows how to use mathematics in the right way can literally change reality. In case of curse, instead of having instantaneous effect, you have a, a protocol. Uh, something happens, <laughs> protocol triggers, you have effect. And something has happened with uh, regarding statue and we have effect. Sometimes protocols are, are in place, sometimes protocols must be done by someone manipulating this sort of thing. Uh, that is easiest way to put it. There is, if you, all of you have studied what is known as ritual and high magic and stuff. When you really look at it, it does go down to mathematics. And mathematics, as it is known, control, uh, are, are part of reality. Manipulate the mathematics, you manipulate reality. This is the most simplest way I could put it to you all. This is an interesting theory. It is. It is one that I've worked on. Can it be put into practice? The, the question being is how do we remove a curse if there is in fact a curse on Reginald? That is a very good question. <laughs> Pardon me. I am sorry. I still have a little bit of cold. Ah, yes. It's uh, very smoky in here. <laughs> yes, yes. That too. Um, I need to work on it some more. It is, it is very difficult. It's very difficult. Uh, it, this, is part of, this is part of theory of magic that I've been working on based on my connections with, with, with occultists over the years. And you know, the basis of the theory is that there's nothing really truly supernatural about magic, true magic. It is all based in mathematics. In, so, but you, you might even say it could be a hyper form of mathematics. It goes above and beyond two plus two equals four. So Vadim, if your uh, theoretical background is relevant here, you're saying that I am cursed and that the curse comes from the object and the curse and the object can be uh, addressed by some transformation. Is that what you're saying? Something like that. Um, what I am saying is individual who knows these higher mathematics knows way of putting a protocol on statue that triggers something when certain effects, certain uh, requirements are met. 
Well, if you're saying that if I don't find this individual who knows high mathematics, that sup supposed individual, uh, otherwise I'll be mad as a hatter in you know three or four or six years. That's a rather unsatisfactory theory. Or you could, or 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 protocol would come in that would take uh, effects that you are experiencing off and transfer to someone else. Like with what happened with uh, Nevi. What do you think happened with Nevi that suggests that? Well, it would suggest that she had trouble sleeping, but this artifact was out of her out of her possession. Nevi was given a, a strange object by a friend of hers, who then died brutally. Mm-hmm. That that <laughs> we don't know how he uh, he truly died. Well, I think, I think we're pretty sure it was blunt force trauma to the head. I don't think Scotland Yard got that wrong, do you? It wasn't a curse. No, I don't think his death was, was, was due to curse. And, and that something was stolen. Anyway, so do but you the, want the me... Problem, the problem is that person who put protocol on statue um, to, to could have been someone thousands of years ago. Or it could be someone who recently put it on statue. You know, the. Uh, w w let me ask you this, Fadim. Um, do you think that we should employ the scientific method and have someone else handle this figurine so as to determine whether the handling is what you seem to be describing as a transitional phase or something willingness to <laughs> willingness to give might be part of the um the protocol of transferring curse because I'm, I'm thinking about our mad friend he did not seem willing to give give statue away and he held on to it and protocol shall we say increased on him to a point that when statue was away from him, it stuck. With Nevi, with you, it's not a, it's it's not a, a situation where he's where he's where where it's where you where you all are are desperate to keep this thing. If well, you understand so, where I'm do, coming do from, you mean Simkin? Simkin, yeah. He didn't if I, if I understood correctly, he didn't correctly. have a thing. He, didn't. he just regretted being part of the dig. As far as I know. Well, and he might have had artifacts earlier, but we didn't see them. The uh, other corpse mm. had something missing. Um, maybe the reason that, that, that poor mad Peter Simpkin was alive was because he didn't have many artifacts. Mm. Well, and as you know, the, I, I have seen one of those artifacts, which was the... Uh, the stone figure of Nabu, which Lord Brightman uh, was the only thing stolen uh, from Lord Brightman's murder. There was one, yes, as far as we know, there's only one thing stolen from Brightman's place, a Nabu. But I have done. I'm. Go on, please, Cyrus. Well, I was going to say. Um... All the other gentlemen were actually at the dig, correct? 
Yes. Brightman was at the dig, correct? Yes. So it's safe to say those three or four gentlemen plus Reginald have all come into contact with the golden artifact. Correct? So that's reasonable to assume. Now, did any out of character, did any of us touch it besides Reginald? At the time, I think you guys were careful for some strange reason not to touch it. But right. Reginald did. So it would be safe to say anyone coming into direct, yeah, but then Nevi, unless Vlad is correct, that by willing. Rayburn Price says it's a very interesting theory and possibly in keeping with a lot of supernatural literature. I could be wrong, but uh, it makes sense. It could be that possession is the thing. And as I understand it, the only one who possesses it at the moment is Reginald. It's I wouldn't really theory, call it. I wouldn't really call it be, possession. It's a theory that could be tested, of course. Yes. I, perhaps you should just return it to the museum. I don't think that would work. They, uh, that would not go with a full transference. Perhaps you should destroy it. I know it's a it's an artifact of incredible value, but if it's if it's your life, I wouldn't want your sanity. Problem is, it could be protocol that uh, causes uh, damage to the holder if it's destroyed. Well, also, I'd, I'd scarcely like to destroy an object of great value from deepest antiquity. On well, my friend, as anxiety. I, as I say, what what is the price? Uh, if it's your life, it's well, your sanity. Uh, you know. Yes, my life and sanity are quite uh, of of significant value to me. More so than this figure. However, um, it should not be that difficult to, again, it has not been in my possession for some time. So if we experiment and I pass the object physically to any of you and Set. you begin to have nightmares and I begin to sleep freely, then we will know something. I'll I don't think... The institution of the Bank of England is not sleeping, and I don't have the damned thing. I'll take a chance. All right. Well, that's there. We have a, a an afternoon's activity. Go to the bank, see if it's still there, and pass it along and but see what happens. Let's say that it's not there. Let's say it was stolen. If it's no longer there, then wouldn't that free you? Not necessarily. It could be that he never uh, freely gave it away. Nevi freely gave it away. And this is all hypothetical. If it is there, all hypothetical. Not... No, no, I agree with your protocol. I, I, I understand where you're coming from from there, but let's not speak hypothetically if it's there, if it's not until we know. We can go down 12 different rabbit holes here. Yeah. But if Fuller is willing to test that theory, then, you know, but if we go to where it's at and we're followed, then its hiding spot is 
it's pointless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, it would else. seem that there is there the situation has not been resolved yet, and it will eventually be. I hope. Uh, it seems like there are dark forces that are moving here. Without a doubt. Says, uh, be patient. I'll make some inquiries. I'll, uh, I'll see what I can find out, and I promise to notify you if I, if I find anything myself. Uh, and I hope that if something else such as this comes up, I'll be able to call upon you to... Uh, I don't want you to be endangered in any way, but uh, so far it's just threats. It's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. Yeah, I mean, if they if the assassin really wanted to kill you, v- Vadim, he would have done it. He I would agree have, with that. It was a threat. It was not an attempt to kill me. It was a threat. And I was the most exposed of our lot. You all were at the at the club, I was at home with minimal staff. As Felix was at home with with full staff and staff that knows quite better than my staff how to deal with uh, intruders. Perhaps you should lay low for a while. Be careful. That would give me time to work on this idea of, uh, of uh, the curse. Yeah, I'm mute. What is your idea, Vadim, about this curse? That it is a protocol to um, to prevent uh, things happening that should not happen, uh, and to only allow certain people who are uh, worthy to uh, be able to. Um, <laughs> In the case of the statue, I guess how handle the statue. So your understanding is very, um, very uh, much concerned with some sort of caste or structure. Is that correct? Possibly. My my native assumptions are simply that there are barbaric uh, colonized people who are angry about something that they mm. presumably don't understand. The red turbans might be, but these these artifacts we're dealing with people who were civilized uh, thousands of years ago and had life and and things in life that, 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 that we, we could only barely imagine now. They may not have had, had steam power or, or all the luxuries of modern uh, or electricity or all the luxuries of modern life, but they um, had a lot of things that uh, we could only dream about. Well, I guess the, uh, the really telling thing, the only thing we've seen that isn't intelligible is that secrecy is so powerful in this group that it can kill a person violently. 
the turbans are guardians. They're not the people. I, I do not think they are the people behind uh, um, whatever it is that was in the temple. Now we know this uh, mysterious second group that is involved in this whole, in our current situation. If that thought line is correct, then that would be three groups. Well, third group may now no longer exist. And I would pretty much bet it does not exist. And it's probably probably uh, priests of Naboo back in 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 ancient uh, in, uh, in ancient Nineveh. I'm sorry. Which group do you think that is? Hmm? Which group do you think no longer exists? Um, priestly, uh, I would I would I would go on the limb to say priestly caste or um, influential caste back in in ancient Nineveh. So they're cult behind of Naboo. Their, cult of Naboo. There you go. Uh, could be cult of Naboo. Cult of Naboo is behind statues, behind uh, these these concept of of thing behind gate. The release gate is key. Key is gate. If I'm making any sense about these. Well, the, you, you think that's different from the red children of I think, tranquility? I think children of tranquility um, are group that has been around that did work for the the uh, the cult of Naboo to make sure that nothing was out of place, and cult of Naboo goes away, but children's in going out on, on they say out on a limb here children's still still follow what their parents teach them all these years later well it's a lot of speculation let's say that we that's true and we need to back speculation up with fact and we don't have as many facts as we'd like we have damn few facts. We have two dead bodies of our own. Uh, we have a secreted statue with a series of nightmares and sufferers of nightmares. We've got a madman. What else do we have? Uh, well, we have that group that's uh for you know guido let's just call him guido's men mm -hmm. who i think are just financially seeking this do you, you have know, any way to get a hold of them now i'm sure somebody's gonna come knocking sooner or later because two of their lookouts are gone they're probably gonna find us at some point well from what you said how could they know it was you yeah, I mean, we two quick grabs on the street. Yeah. They'll either step up their, you know, surveillance with multiple men. Well, that is, that is the question. Should we drive over to that lane and see if there's a new lookout? I and really don't yeah. want to see another guy tortured. No, no, no. Well, and ask. Yeah. And if so, we'll just take my car next time. Nobody has seen it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll call the uh, household. And call the newspaper. Call see up. if anybody responded to your ad. Yes, we haven't checked your ad out, have we? 
I expect that somebody will bring me news if I get a response, but let's, yeah, let's, let's first, you know, since we're in the club, last bit of bacon, call uh, the household. Who would they? The Bingo and, um, yeah. Bingo and Honoria. Bingo and Honoria. And see um, if they've seen anybody outside. Bingo and Honoria uh, say that they haven't seen anybody outside. Uh, that's very good news. I hope you shan't again. Uh, but if you do ever, please do remember that you can ring me either here at the club or at home. Reginald, are, absolutely. Reginald, are we going to switch the statue and see what that does? Uh, we're going to replace the statue with what? No. You give the statue to me and see if your dreams oh. stop. Yeah, I mean, not the work you must give it with your full will and willingly. Try it. I wonder if we should do it at the bank and not leave the building. We have um, to be careful. And you could leave it, and you could leave it uh, in in its in its vault. But wouldn't that still? I mean, I might be wrong, but he does not physically have the statue on his body. He's left it at the bank. So if yes. we transfer it to me and put it right back in the same deposit box, in that still count? Yeah. that count? It could, and if you have dreams and stuff and problems sleeping, then we know, and you we and it would be still safe at the bank. Yeah, it's and all then, pretty far fetched, but we could experiment with it. I mean, we, we we're at the point where now we have to experiment with things, or else we're not going to get answers. I hate to say these. I'm we to could also experiment with things and also not get answers. Mm, Both can happen. Unfortunately. Uh, All right. Well, let me wrap this part up and say uh, it, it, it takes you a little bit to figure it out, but you, you can't just put it back in the same vault because Reginald owns the vault. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But after a couple of attempts of experimentation, Reginald stops having the dreams, and Fuller, you start having the bad dreams. And after a few more experiments, you realize that it is possession. Whoever has the statue has bad dreams, and they get progressively worse. And if you agree to mutually care for the statue, all of you, you all have bad dreams. So you're stuck with this statue that does this. Um, all of your leads seem to go cold. And you hear very little you think that you have some information, but it turns out to be unimportant. And pretty much nothing more happens in your investigation for a couple of months. And when we pick this back up next week, it will be October instead well, of I'm, August. I'm having dreams from now till October. Well, yeah, like I see, you've done experiments. You've given it to Felix. Felix has given it to Cyrus. <laughs> now, 
what I'd like to know, the first thing that when we start next time is, what do you do with the statue? You figured out how it is causing you problems. I would put it in my safe deposit box. Well, uh, next time. Okay. We want to we want to know how you're going to get rid of this curse. And that's where we'll end it for tonight. Curious. And, uh, it was a pretty good episode. Our players included Jason Melnichok, John Byron, Ford Fitch, Jerry Bryant, and David Gassaway. With yours truly as a keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows with uh, uh, five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Good gaming.